Now, you mentioned earlier in regards to leveraging relationships, and yes. I think that's very key, but a lot of people don't know how to do it or how to kind of implement it in their daily routine or their business model. So can you give examples of how you leverage relationships? Gotcha. So one of the one of the biggest things, um, even before I answer that, mm-hmm. is I want to tell those who are watching is personal development is key. I'm going to tell you guys. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that frown upon the network marketing space. And when I say network marketing, you guys, that's the Amways, the candles, the you know Herbalife's and things like that. It's frowned upon in that space. But what I could tell, I personally believe that every person should go through network marketing at least once. And I'm going to tell you why. It leads you to personal development that most people will never get. If it was not for network marketing, I never would have went to seminars. Mm-hmm. I never would have looked into the, to these things. If you even, E.T., the hip hop preacher, mm-hmm. was in network marketing. Mm-hmm. He says it to this day. He's like, I have a course right now and he talks about, I'm a network marketer still. People don't realize network marketing is you just using your network to now market products. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is it teaches you these skill sets of leveraging relationships. Because now what happens is this, me and you are friends. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you have going on because for one, I want to understand how can I bring value to you? Mm -hmm. What I learned was when you, when, if if I constantly look at things and go, how do, how does everyone win? I'm going to always get what I want and that person's going to get what I want. I didn't learn the way I learned this was network marketing. I used to have all these relationships. I never knew how to use them. Mm. I had a bunch of relationships, right? Kept my name clean. I was taught that, you know, always be be a man of your word, things like that. But I never knew how to leverage the relationships. I got in the network marketing space, personal development, starting to, uh, it taught me how to figure out what your gift is Mm. because of the different things. It's not just about selling your family and your friends. It's bigger than that. I didn't realize I didn't go to college. Mm. That was my college. Mm. It started teaching me all these things because now I'm going, I go to probably six seminars a year, if not more, mm-hmm. to learn these different little things. And what I realized was with these relationships, I got to leverage them and go, man, my man Johnny got a podcast. Well, how can I bring value to his podcast? Okay, well, I can, I can give game. Okay, well, I can refer this person to jump on the podcast or I can bring this brand to do this. Now, guess what? Bring, I'm always bringing value. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that's how you leverage your relationships. Especially, there's people out here right now, I guarantee you watching, you have a relationship with someone who probably is um, on a higher net worth than you are, or, you know, different level mm-hmm. to you. And you, you're like, man, I have this relationship, but how do I use it? Figure out how to bring value to that person. It's that simple. Really how, do I, how do I bring value to you? Great, you know what, I got this business. Okay, what is the business? Okay, great. How do I bring value to that business? Because now, guess what? That relationship, especially with high net worth people, they're always looking to elevate. Mm-hmm. So if you're bringing value to them, they're always gonna listen. The problem is most people feel leverage in relationship is, how can you do something for me? Mm-hmm. So I never, none of my, none of the individuals that I have, I'm never looking for what they can do for me. I'm always going, what can I do for you? Because if I could do something for you, I know, I now know how to, we get, we, we both win. Yeah. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every 
Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a very special guest on my show, ladies and gentlemen. You're in for a treat, so take some notes. This man is known as the Money Coach. He's a crypto enthusiast. He's a motivational speaker. I mean, the credits are just too long to list. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than Bo Ben. How you doing, King? I'm blessed, man. Pleasure, you know, be on the show. You know, you start talking about that. I'm like, who's this man talking about? You know, <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you, man. Nah, it's, it's definitely a pleasure. Love what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, excited to be on here and chop it up with you. Cool. First off, yes. sleep is for billionaires. I want you to understand that is so, ge- that's genius. Mm. That is genius. I love it. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for the flowers. I'm glad I can give you your flowers as well, man. I, ever since I met you, I always felt like, you know, we stand for the same things, whether it's to, to impact, inspire, and just influence, you know what I'm saying? The community to, to, to be better, you know what I mean? Whether it's through financial literacy or, or health and health and fitness and all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? I always took a liking into you, man. So, and I see what you're doing, man. You out here on these stages, you're speaking to the people, bro, yeah. and it's just like, it's so motivating just... You know what I'm saying? Because when I met you, I didn't know if you was doing that already, but I just saw the growth from then to now, and it was just like, it's so motivating, bro. And I want you to talk a little bit about that, but first, this whole show is about getting inside information from celebrities and entrepreneurs on how to become an industry professional. So I want people to learn about you and where you come from and how you've grown to become who you are now. So let's start from the beginning, brother. Where are you from? Uh, well, I'm from Pocahontas, California. Okay. Uh, born and raised. Uh, and, and really... To be honest with you, I think, no, let me say I think I know that like entrepreneurship was actually breeded into me. Um, just looking at the background of where my, my family comes from. Um, and I think just growing up, uh, I always looked at those who who like worked mm-hmm. regular. Again, not to like knock a job, but I looked at a lot of people and I always was that kid that questioned everything. Mm. Like I was that very inquisitive kid. Like um, a lot of a lot of my friends and stuff, they call me like MapQuest mm-hmm. because before we had the phone and could do all that, I knew how to get everywhere. Right. Because when I was a kid, when my mom would be driving and stuff like that, I was always paying attention to the streets. I was mm-hmm. always so my friends in high school would be funny. We were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. Would be like, you call like. Uh, Hey man, I'm, I'm here. How do I get home? I'm like, how'd you get there? You know what I'm saying? But I was, I was, I was that kid. And I say that to say, I looked at, um, I looked at this, this idea of what they called, you know, the, the American dream, mm-hmm. right? You're supposed to go work this job and things like that. But I noticed that most of the people that I've seen that were doing this, mind you, this is a kid I'm looking at this. Mm-hmm. I realized they weren't happy. <clears throat> they weren't really happy. And, you know, just being honest, um, you know, I, I, I really grew up, I only seen a couple sides of things. I seen that it was either I go this route, mm-hmm. the typical route where I felt like a lot of people settled. Like, oh, I got a family and I do this, but they were unhappy. Right. Then I seen hustlers, mm-hmm. right? I seen the streets and they had everything you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, those were the guys. Yeah. And then it was, uh, I call it like athletes and entertainers because yes. they all, they fall in that same category. So those were like the three options that I really, like really seen. Mm. Um, and I was just like, man, I made a decision, uh, early on to obviously be an athlete. I played basketball all my life. And that's how I thought I was going to, you know, make it. Um, I got into the entertainment industry as a kid. Um, I was, I've done multiple things. I've won actually a uh, music awards. I got a billboard 
weird. I have a Billboard Video Game Music Award for being on a soundtrack of a video game. What? Yeah. Congratulations. What were you doing on that? I was rapping. So okay. me and my me and my brother, we used to have a rap group called okay. the we were actually called the we originally started as the Young Millionaires and it was an issue with the name, so we changed our name to the Young Billionaires. Mm. So this is when we were twelve years old. Wow. I was twelve, my brother was six. Right. He was rapping. Uh, we was on this video game called True Crimes. Okay. So True Crimes was the LA version of Grand Theft Auto. I remember Snoop was on there. So we were the only kids featured in that game. We had like five songs in the game. We had one song on the actual soundtrack, okay. which that's what we won video game, Billboard Video Game Music Award for something like that. I got it at the house. Um, so that's one of the things. So I got into I got into the industry like early. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy because I just remember as a kid and uh, junior high, I was in the studio late at night, mm-hmm. getting up, going to junior high the next day. And that was so my lifestyle was already like, you know, it wasn't a typical, yeah, it was yeah, it wasn't a typical kid lifestyle. And then um high school played sports and uh like right towards the end of high school, uh scholarship offers weren't coming in like I thought. Mm. Um so it was like, man, you know, what what am I gonna do? Because I always said that whatever I do, I'm gonna live life on my terms. Okay. I said if if you know you know, God forbid, he called me home early. Mm. I want every day for me to live on my terms. Mm-hmm. So I said, how can I figure out how to do that? And uh, it's funny, my, my, I guess you could say my first my first entrepreneur venture was, uh, I actually became a telemarketer for a real estate, uh, for a real estate agent. The real estate agent was actually my aunt. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was uh, 17 years old. Uh, it was a summer and uh, she was like, yo, you want to make some money? What I gotta do? She's like, you gotta make some phone calls. Mm. So, like, all right, man, what I gotta say? So she gave me this little script. Within 30 days, I was turning over leads so fast. She was like, I'm gonna just teach you how to close the deals. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you, you got it. Mm-hmm. So it went from being a telemarketer for the first couple of weeks to closing the deals. And she was like, I'm gonna just, I'll give you, forget what it was, but it was a high commission rate. Right. And this is when the market is booming. This is like, Oh, four. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. This right. is yeah, this before the crash. Before the crash. Yeah, yeah. So mind you, you know, this is this is what got me into the whole the whole thing because I could literally be like, okay, I'm going to work for two days and not work for two weeks and close you something. Still be good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just, you know, you're a kid. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. So I started learning about uh, real estate and closing deals, doing loans. Um, and things like that. Then one of the other agents that worked with my aunt, she started teaching me. Um, she started teaching me how to actually be able to buy like multiple properties, mm. stuff like that. The game was a lot different back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of things that you could do that you obviously can't do now. But she taught me all these. She taught me like, the, to be honest with you, she taught me the hustling side of real estate, right? Of how to really get in there and grind from the backside to where I could come in and be like, "Yo, done. Mm. All right, great. I see you got twenty five thousand. All right, I'm gonna go get you three homes off that twenty five thousand." And go get you three homes and it was it, it that's it was moving and it, it taught me how to really leverage relationships mm. right it taught me how to re- leverage relationships got me into there so i started making money at a very young age from that perspective of being able to not necessarily use a bunch of time for money mm. but understand that i had the service that would then you know provide me with a, a, a lump sum of money and then i can figure it out um and Started my first corporation, uh, 
It was called y, uh, Young Billion, uh, Young Billionaires uh, YBC Enterprises. So it's still for Young Billionaires Club Enterprises. And you're still like 18, 17 at this time, right? 18, 17 years old. Nice. So I did that, started that, and um, it, it became like a like a family business. Um, my uh, my mother was a sing- was a single mother. She had th- uh, I got two other siblings, younger brother, older sister. Me being a middle child, it, it became like this family business where I knew how to do the, the work, and it was like, all right, cool, well, y'all go get clients, and that, that's how we that's how we did it. Yeah, multiple homes, all this stuff. Uh, Two thousand eight comes around. Mm-hmm. Things is great. Things is great. You know what I'm saying? Things is great. Money's flowing. Good. Two thousand eight comes around. And the market crashes, and that's when. You know, uh, 21 years old, and I have to actually, I, well, I did, I learned this later, mm-hmm. but this is why this is so important, guys, especially with the hacks you're talking about. Right. Understanding to uh, always get multiple opinions in business. Mm-hmm. There's something that you want to write down, always get multiple opinions in business because I was advised to file bankruptcy as an individual and not as the corporation. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? Very important because uh, I'll use Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. One thing that a lot of people say about Donald Trump is that, oh, he's not that great of a guy. He's filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Donald Trump's never filed bankruptcy. His business filed bankruptcy. Exactly. And I didn't know that. So I just, you know, we going as we go because mm-hmm. nobody nobody teaches this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, my grandfather had a business, but it was like a, 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 a mom and pops cleaning service. It was, you know, it was no employees or nothing. It was yeah. him working. Um, my mom was, she was making it happen. So I never had seen a structure of it. So we're figuring this out as we go, mm-hmm. right? And um, I had to file bankruptcy, but I filed it as an individual. Okay. So, you know, that right there alone was like, you know, coming from the community, coming from the hood, you filed bankruptcy. You're like, you feel? Yeah, 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 exactly. You, 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 like, what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, that works, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, a, it, was, it was crazy and I had to take on that burden, but it was the biggest lesson I actually learned to this day because if it wasn't for that, I did I wouldn't have became financially literate. Mm. Get what I'm saying? So um, after that happened, it made me go, yo, I understand how to make money, which is this is most people's case that I've learned. You know how to make money, whether it's a job, whether it's a business, whatever you do, we all know how to make money, but do we understand it? And that's what it taught me. I didn't understand the money thing. Mm-hmm. So after that, um, after that, I actually went into uh, um, uh, another aunt was uh, she was doing uh, she was doing like insurance and investments, and she was like, "Hey, I want you to come to the seminar." I was like, "All right, cool." Mm-hmm. So I go to the seminar and they start teaching all these different rules. It was like, "Okay, we're going to teach you the rule of seventy-two. We're going to teach you about tax now, tax later, tax never. Mm-hmm. We're going to teach you how a four hundred one k actually works." Mm-hmm. So I'm going like this. So I'm sitting in the class, and it was so basic and so simple, and I'm like. This is cool. Right. It was so so simple, and it immediately it clicked to me at that point. I was like, "Yo, I gotta get this back to the community so that somebody doesn't go through the same thing I went through." And that was my that was my that that became like this mission, like this this um like this incubator project that I had. That I was like, "I'm gonna figure out how to like teach financial literacy, and I'm gonna learn about it so that I can teach it uh, on a very." Um, elementary level mm-hmm. so where I could teach it to a kid and a kid can understand these things um, and I ended up getting licensed in insurance and finance um, I started learning about uh, insurance and how to, how it works I started understanding um, how the rich use it and how we don't understand really how 401ks work we just do it because the jobs mm-hmm. tell us 
And that's where that's where my, my, my passion for this whole thing came because I was like, I didn't know this stuff. My parents didn't know this stuff. Most people I knew, I would go tell them something. I couldn't tell them nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's where I took this liking. And it was crazy because at the time, I met uh, I met this pastor um, who he had this really, really um, um, revolutionary program. Him and the late, great Johnny Cochran came up with mm-hmm. the program uh, where they were able to give uh, give insurance to the community at no cost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that was one of my biggest hurdles when I got into the industry. I'm like, yo, I see the value of why we need insurance and why we need these things. But it was like pulling teeth. Cause it's like, why would I give you money and I don't even get benefits from you? Right. Pay somebody else. I'm like, yo, y'all don't get it. Mm-hmm. So many different scenarios. So I was like, man, how can I get people to, to get involved with this because of what it can do for the future? They don't want to pay for it. So I met him. He was like, well, they don't got to pay, but they can do this. So partnered with him, went on this whole journey to try to expand this amazing program that he had. Um, and it was like a unicorn project uh, that, that um, you know, I knocked on probably every insurance company you could think of mm-hmm. to try to get it. Um, and it just wasn't, you know, what wasn't happening. But I, I, I kept moving forward, kept uh, learning more about financial literacy, uh, started learning about um, uh, different things when it comes to banking and, and, and bonds and all this different like lingo. I start just slowly, just start learning it, just on my journey as as, as I was doing all this stuff. Um, then a, a friend of mine actually uh, seen what I was doing in the insurance and retirement space and was like, "Hey, I want to show you something." Uh, and I was like, "All right, great." This was in two thousand seventeen, I think, two thousand seventeen. Now, as we move forward, so you know, time is passing. I'm just, you know. So like just grinding, just just really curating relationships and things like that, and um, you know started to 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 really teach that financial literacy thing. And he showed me he showed me about trading forex trading. Mm-hmm. Showed me about forex trading. Um, it was a network marketing platform, uh, which was which was great um, because it, it gave me the flexibility that I needed. And what I looked at for me is when I was sitting down with a lot of my clients, um, I learned that a lot of people just didn't make enough money because mm. a lot of times you sit down with somebody and you're like um, hey you know you need to save twenty five hundred dollars for you to actually hit this retirement mm-hmm. like i don't make twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> how am i supposed to save it, right so people needed a different avenue to be able to make money and when i see trading i was like okay this is great because for one you don't have to use your time you, it's not exchanging time for money but you can now take your money and make it work for you mm-hmm. something that you can learn for yourself but most important is a skill set you can pass this on from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, great. What I'm doing now, put this together, boom. Um, and that's kind of how, how what put me in a whole trading space. Learning Forex trading led me to learn about crypto mm-hmm. because they actually all fall in the same, um, the same kind of bubble over here. So I started teaching about the crypto space, things like that. Uh, and that's just, I, it's just been there. Um, and, and I've just been moving with it. And uh, being, being that I was an artist young, um, I started to realize that music necessarily was my calling, but using my voice to still tell a story, it was just on a different stage. Mm-hmm. So now it was being a motivational speaker, talking about financial literacy and different things like that. And um, actually, network marketing led me to get on different stages, and then slowly but surely, just you know, just the room just started getting bigger and bigger. Um, and then recently, um, I can actually check it off my bucket list. Um, I was I was actually on a um, on a conference that featured ET. Mm. So you know what I'm saying. So I that, to that guy, right? 
So you know that that was a that was a big deal to be on a flyer. It was Eric MT. Thomas. If oh yeah, Eric, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. Shout out to my man Eric Thomas. Uh, shout out to my man New Age CEO Justin Owens, mentor, good friend of mine. Um, you know, for for opening up that opportunity to actually I hosted and um, I spoke on that stage uh, with AT, and I was like, yo, it's just slowly but surely, uh, just over time, just staying persistent and and, and continuing continuing to hold on to. Like I said, that incubating vision that slowly but surely just starts to come, um, come to fruition. Um, and then earlier this year, finally was we finally got a breakthrough. Uh, we started a charitable insurance program for seniors, mm. uh, where they can basically come and sign up and, and get uh, a, uh, at no cost of policy. Uh, that, that basically really starts to create that generational wealth, whether it's a final expense or whatever you may have. Uh, so we're gonna do. Uh, Thousand to two thousand policies like that this year. Mm-hmm. Give back to the community, um, man. Just all over the place. We started a nonprofit four years ago. Mm-hmm. Four or five years ago, me and some friends who you know just decided to say, "Yo, we, you know, we've been blessed. How do we bless others?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually it was actually pretty dope because uh, for one, we call it the, the we call it uh, big uh, big is an acronym B I G believe in giving. Love it. Believe in giving. And um, we literally was like, you know what we're going to do? Our first year, we gave back, uh, we gave toys to 100 kids. But we did it. We did it actually go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, uh, you got a wish list of three things. Okay? okay. Three things that you wanted. So kids all wrote them down. Um, and then we went out and I would come to you and go, mm-hmm. yo, you want to sponsor a kid? Here's, here's all the kids. And you could look through and pick a kid and go get them those three things. Mm-hmm. The kids had no idea because, you know, normally you do a wish list. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But these, and mind you, these kids got, I want a Supreme jacket. I want Beats headphones. I want a PS5, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So we actually went out and found people to sponsor like these type of gifts. So when they popped up, they were like, yo, mm-hmm. same, that same year we gave, 200, uh, no, we did 100 toys and then we did 100, uh, 100 care packages for, I always mess this up. Uh, I forget the exact terminology, but it's like homeless youth. Okay. Homeless youth who, who basically, um, basically at 16, they got put out or whatever's going on. So we gave out care packages to them. We fed over 250 people. Wow. Um, that was our first year. And then the next year we've just been growing. Um, every single year, backpack giveaways, uh, we did turkey drive, turkey drive, this last turkey drive, we gave like, what, 250, like, um, not just turkeys, but the full, you know, the meal, the whole thing, yeah. oh, no. we got a big old bag, you know what I'm saying, we went out to Compton, we did it in Compton, we did it in Coima, um, partnered with the Boys and Girls Club, mm. uh, and it's just, you know, it is, it's really just, that's, that's, that's just been my journey, man, and, and, and really just overcoming, like I said, it's, it started with that lesson of the bankruptcy, man, because mm. um, if that didn't happen, I, I really don't know what everything would look like right now, because that was like, like I said, that was that, that real turning point for me to be like, yo, you gotta, you gotta learn about this and be a resource to the community of you know, showing people these different things. Um, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've done, done a few things, you know, taught some financial literacy classes yeah. in schools. I love it, man. Yeah, schools. And, yeah. You know, you're doing, you're doing a great job, yeah. man. I mean, well, I mean, you, you told your whole story, but thank you for watching. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was great, man. You know, I, I love everything you stand for and what you've been through molded you to who you are. And you touched on a few things that brought birth a few questions. So going to back to uh, financial literacy, you talked about simplifying it to where the majority can understand it, to where they can get involved. So talk to me how 
you implemented simplifying financial literacy because they're not even teaching that in the school, so they can't even figure it out. So how did you manage to figure it out? Give me some examples of that as well. Uh, so what I personally did was I just, I always feel like if I can relate it to, if I can make it relatable, mm -hmm. you'll understand it better. Mm -hmm. So what I personally did was I said, okay, how can I get a kid to actually understand this? So for my financial literacy course, what I would do is, uh, the first thing that I would do is my question to kids is always, what type of lifestyle do you want? Not what do you want to be? Mm. Okay. Why, why did you ask that question? The reason I asked that question is because we were taught, what do you want to be? So we fall in love with the idea of who we want to be. We never realize is does the thing that we want to be, does it give me the lifestyle that I want? Perfect example. So when I have them actually write down the lifestyle that they want, hey, I want to travel. Hey, I want freedom. I want this. But they're like, um, I want to be a, uh, I want to be a, 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 a kid doctor. I want to be, I forget what they're called, like a pregnancy doctor. Yeah. You don't have that freedom. Mm. Those don't go together. Pregnancy mm. doctors are on call 24 seven. Mm. So I got to make sure that what I actually, the lifestyle that I want matches with what I actually want to be. So mm. if I figure out the lifestyle I want, I go, okay, what can provide me this lifestyle? Mm. It's almost like, um, I had, I'll never forget. I had this kid, this was my first financial literacy course. She wanted to be an FBI agent, but she wanted to make $10 million. Okay. And I go, talk to me. How are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. They don't, right. They don't go together. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So this is, but we don't realize that, like you said, our system is set up to where they, they put us in this box of, they always tell kids, we see it to this day. What do you want to be? I want to be a firefighter. I want to be this. I want to be that. It's like, no, what type of lifestyle do you want? You want to travel? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Okay, now let's match that with what you actually want to do. Are you a technical person? Like a lot of people, oh, I want to, I want to be an attorney. Mm. Okay, great. Attorney works a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to work a lot of hours. Okay, so we have to understand, do you want to own a law firm? And now you have attorneys that work for you, or do you want to be an attorney? Mm. So now it's just doing those slow shifts. So now I got your attention. For one, because you're going, okay. And then going, a lot of the, a lot of the principles were very, like, very simple. Like, for instance, the principle of the rule of 72. Why is this so important? Why people need to understand it is because the rule of 72 is basic division. Mm. If I take any interest rate and I divide it into the number 72, the answer tells me approximately how long it takes money or debt to double. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So now if I show you simple things, Hey, if I ask a person right now, if I say, Hey, What's um what's the interest rate on your credit cards? Mm -hmm. Most people go, oh man, it's nineteen percent, twenty percent. But great, what's the interest rate on your savings account? Uh, I go. So think about this. You know how fast your you know how fast your debt grows, but you don't know how fast your money grows. Mm -hmm. right. I'm still trying to figure out what is the seventy two number kicking in and all this. So the seventy two, to be honest with you, it's the it's the it's the simplified formula that banks use. Okay. So I didn't create that or anything. This this is the formula that you can you can you guys can Google this. Mm -hmm. This is what all financial institutions use to determine um determine how debt and money doubles. Mm -hmm. So if you do it, let's just say um make it real easy. Uh, if my interest rate is eight percent. Eight times nine, 72. Mm -hmm. That means in nine years, that's how long it would take the debt to double. Got it. 
what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you go back and you 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 do the the you um, uh, reconstruct the, the the equation, you'll see. Oh, okay. If I did eight percent and I just did it on a simple number, do it on a hundred yeah. and do it. You'll see like oh. The, num- the numbers make sense. Okay. They have a more difficult equation, but that's the quick one. So that's why they say approximate because it's off by like a week or something. Yeah. yeah to be, you know, for my technical viewers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but like I said, when they showed me this rule, I'm like, well, I learned about division in like, what, second grade? Mm-hmm. So if y'all taught me that in second grade, when it was time for me to go and open a bank account or get a credit card and certain things, I now would look at my interest rate because mm-hmm. I understand it. Most people, we don't understand it. So we just like, oh, what is it? 15? Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> right. And that's what I would tell people and what how I always break interest down to people. Like to kids, I go, interest is how much they're going to charge you to use their money. Mm. Right. It's a cost for money. So that's it. It's mm-hmm. the co- how much they're going to charge you and kids go, oh. Okay. Oh, great. If I had a hundred dollars right here, you want to use my hundred dollars? And I said, okay, great. I'm gonna charge you twenty-five dollars to use my hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. A kid can understand that. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, great. So I gotta give you back one twenty-five. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's interest, and that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's how I literally like. That's how I start breaking it down. Four hundred one k's. What I would do, like for kids, because I think I taught as young as I think it was a second grader. Mm. I use Cheetos. Okay. I Cheetos. Okay. So I said, okay, here's your option. So we have this bag of hot Cheetos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got this, you got these hot Cheetos that you're getting. Okay. You can put it in this bag and you can save the entire bag for later. But when you decide to open that bag of hot Cheetos, you don't know how much I'm going to take from you. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how much I'm going to take from you. Mm-hmm. And like, okay. I said, or. You give me five hot Cheetos now, and you can save the rest for later. And you know how many this it's yours. Whatever it grows to is yours. But you just give me five, you know that you give me five hot Cheetos now. What's your option? They're like, I want to give you five hot Cheetos now. Exactly. So I say, guess what? The 401k says you save them for later, and whenever you decide to go and touch them. I'm going to come and I'm going to decide how much I'm going to take from you. Because guess what? We don't know what taxes are going to be 20, 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. Something like a, a, a Roth or insurance says, tax me now. I know what tax rates are now. Give me them now. Whatever it grows to, it's all yours. Exactly. What option do you want? Clicks. Yeah. Here. How many you want? <laughs> and then you get the rest. And that's what I, I just started making it just just real life scenarios where a kid can actually understand it. And that same scenario that the kid can understand, an adult you clearly can understand. It. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started to break down financial literacy and all the different aspects to help people understand that this is possible. I love it, man. That's 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 key right there. You should uh, you should think about putting a book together, man, for these kids. I know, right? Because some people don't. You know, they may not learn from example. Like we don't all learn the same way. Some yeah. people are visual learners. Some people are audio learners. You know what I'm saying? I feel I'm more of an audio learner because I came up in music, so yeah. I was always taught to remember my rhymes, like through listening to it, and when I would perform, it's just through listening and knowing it. So I think you know having different forms or methods of learning, but preaching the same uh, lesson can. Uh, you know, quite more, uh, uh, how do you call it? Uh, people to learn from. It. No, for you sure. know what I'm saying? So that's great, man. That's that's amazing, bro. Dang, you blessed, bro. Oh, thank you, man. You know, 
God's work, man. That's all, I'm just doing God's work, man. That's it. So you talked about taxes a little bit and how the rich kind of, you know, utilize it to, to their benefit. So can you explain a little bit about that, what you saw throughout your time time uh, on this earth on how the rich utilize the taxes and what information you can provide to people? Um, so one thing that I learned, uh, for one, uh, especially for, I would say, like, a, let's call it like the, the average person. Mm-hmm. Um the average person can actually be able to use insurance as a very, that's a, that's a very key vehicle that most people don't look at. And the reason being is because most people feel insurance is a, it's a bill, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. a, it's a bill. They don't look at it as an actual necessity, mm-hmm. but what you have to understand is when, once you understand that rich and wealthy people, they understand the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have the means to get access to the people to say, how does this game actually work? The average person doesn't. So we just really follow what work tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what they do is they'll use, I'll use insurance first. What they'll do is they'll say, okay, what I'm going to do is instead of putting my money in a bank, which we all know, banks are negative rates of return. Mm-hmm. Why? If inflation right now is crazy, but let's say inflation was 4%, the bank's not giving me a minimum of 4% of my money. Every day my money sits in that account, I'm actually losing value because mm. I can't even keep up with my inflation. My dollar is there, but with my spending power, I'm losing. Mm-hmm. Where with insurance, insurance, they'll actually give you, they'll match at least inflation. Mm-hmm. So I can actually put my money in insurance companies and grow my money that way. Mm-hmm. But the average person, what happens is they don't have enough money to set that money to the side mm-hmm. because we've never been taught the principles of even how to spend the dollar. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's actually another thing that I do when it comes to taxes. Like when I'm educating is going, I was taught what to do with a dollar. Mm-hmm. 10% goes into your U account. Mm-hmm. Um, 10% goes into your U account. Keep your expenses. For average people right now, it actually should be below 30%. But 50% living expenses, you want to have uh, an investment portion, you want to have a savings portion, you want to have a tax portion. That every dollar you do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. So that now, if I stay inside of these parameters, I don't have an issue. Mm -hmm. And my savings, my savings bucket should never be more than my investment buckets Mm -hmm. because you never can save me rich. You have to invest in your rich bars. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what I started to realize that the rich, they use all of these things as ways to minimize the taxes they pay. See, when you make an income, you pay income taxes mm-hmm. here. Right. If I'm a corporation and revenue, corporate taxes are lower. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I take everything in as a business. So now the money that I'm spending as a normal person, oh, I got gas, I got this. Oh, you get income tax because you're regular. Mm-hmm. The business, that gas, that's an expense. Mm-hmm. Write it off. Mm-hmm. This car, this is an expense. This trip, this these all become expenses now. Now, guess what they do? They can play with the numbers now. Right. Because now, based on the expenses, I can decide what it is that I'm going to actually do when it comes to taxes. Wow. Insurance, mm-hmm. when I put my money in insurance and it grows because it's attached to insurance, is one of... It's only three things that's actually legally tax free. Mm-hmm. Roths, mm-hmm. insurance, and municipal bonds. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I put my money in insurance, I can technically lend my money back to myself because loans are not taxable. Mm-hmm. They charge me a low interest rate because you have to for to meet the standards of the loan, it has to be an interest rate. So they charge me a low interest rate, but my interest that I'm 
getting all my money will pay that. It'll wash it out. Right. So now I got tax free money that I play with. And if I do this over and over and over, on top of that, I have a death benefit attached to my money. I put a hundred thousand in, but if something happens to me, that hundred thousand is gonna leave my family five million. Mm. So I have protection on top of my money while I'm using my money. I'm banking myself. And it's a theory they call the infinite banking theory that rich and wealthy people have been doing forever. Mm -hmm. To where now, um, now I can at zero age open up a policy, put a bunch of money into it, let it start growing. My kid gets 16. You want a car? How much is the car? 50,000? You borrow 50,000, right? Mm -hmm. Pay the car off, you know, get a greater deal because you're paying cash for it. Mm -hmm. Then I give my kid a responsibility. Hey, your payment is $200. Take that $200, I put it back in my own bank. I'm now my own bank. Mm -hmm. 20 at 18. You want to go to school? I can pull it out of here. You want a business? I can pull it out of here. Out of your revenue, you got to pay back that loan. Mm. 30 years old, here you go. Mm. Do it for the next generation. And now we start creating generational wealth. On top of that, we still got the death benefit that blankets everything. Right. So when something happens, there's a lump sum tax free money that is actually coming out. And this is how rich and wealthy better money. Wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to watch this over because I'm gonna need this. <laughs> I need to do. Sorry, I'm talking talk too fast, but I get going. I, I, I no, get I going. love it, bro. They, they, hey, if you need any more information from this guy, rewind this interview, man, because he is dropping some bombs. Not even jewels, just bombs right now. Okay, now you mentioned earlier in regards to leveraging relationships, and yes. I think that's very key but a lot of people don't know how to do it or how to kind of implement it in their daily routine or their business model so can you give examples of how you leverage relationships gotcha so one of the one of the biggest things um even before i answer that mm -hmm. is i want to tell those who are watching is personal development is key i'm going to tell you guys um there's a lot of there's a lot of people that frown upon the network marketing space and when i say network marketing you guys that's the Amways, the candles, the, you know, Herbalife and things like that. It's frowned upon in that space. But what I could tell, I personally believe that every person should go through network marketing at least once. And mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Mm -hmm. It leads you to personal development that most people will never get. Mm -hmm. If it was not for network marketing, I never would have went to seminars. Mm -hmm. I never would have looked into the, to these things. If you even, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, mm -hmm. was in network marketing. Mm -hmm. He says it to this day. He's like, I have a course right now, and he talks about, I'm a network marketer still. People don't realize network marketing is you just using your network to now market products. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is it teaches you these skill sets of leveraging relationships. Because now what happens is this. Me and you are friends. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you have going on because for one, I want to understand how can I bring value to you. Mm -hmm. What I learned was when you when if, if I constantly look at things and go, how do how does everyone win? I'm gonna always get what I want, and that person's gonna get what I want. I didn't learn the way I learned this was network marketing. I used to have all these relationships. I never knew how to use them. Mm. I had a bunch of relationships, right? Kept my name clean. I was taught that, you know, always be, be a man of your word, things like that. But I never knew how to leverage the relationships. I got in the network marketing space, personal development, starting to, uh, it taught me how to figure out what your gift is mm. because of the different things. It's not just about selling your family and your friends. It's bigger than that. I didn't realize 
I didn't go to college. Mm. That was my college. Mm. It started teaching me all these things because now I'm going, I go to probably six seminars a year, if not more, mm -hmm. to learn these different little things. And what I realized was with these relationships, I got to leverage them and go, man, my man Johnny got a podcast. Well, how can I bring value to his podcast? Okay, well, I can, I can give game. Okay, well, I can refer this person to jump on the podcast or I can bring this brand to do this. Now, guess what? Bring, I'm always bringing value. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that's how you leverage your relationships. Especially, there's people out here right now, I guarantee you watching, you have a relationship with someone who probably is um, on a higher net worth than you are, or, you know, different level mm -hmm. to you. And you, you're like, man, I have this relationship, but how do I use it? Figure out how to bring value to that person. It's that simple. How do, I, how do I bring value to you? Great, you know what, I got this business. Okay, what is the business? Okay, great. How do I bring value to that business? Because now, guess what? That relationship, especially with high net worth people, they're always looking to elevate. Mm -hmm. So if you're bringing value to them, they're always gonna listen. The problem is most people feel leverage in a relationship is, how can you do something for them? Mm. So I never, none of my, none of the individuals that I have, I'm never looking for what they can do for me. I'm always going, what can I do for you? Because if I can do something for you, I know, I now know how to, we can, we, we both win. Right. If I can make, what, what can I do for you? What do you have going on? You got a t-shirt line, you got this, whatever it is. How do I bring value to that? Oh, you got t-shirts? Yo, I, I got a plug. I think I can get you a Nordstrom's. Mm -hmm. Really? Yep. Let me set that up. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's how I learned to leverage my relationship. I'm always going, how do I bring value to you? Yeah. No, I think that's key, man, because even, even with me, man, like I started noticing when I first came to LA, I came to do the acting thing and I'm like, how do I get people to help me without asking for it? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, because I see everybody else like, who oh, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you give me this opportunity to stand a third? And I was like, I don't want to be that person. I want to stand out. And I'm like, well, how do I help you with what you're doing? And then things just started happening, you know what I'm saying? And, and the relationship kept building. Next thing you know, they're bringing me opportunities without me asking. So, nah, you hit, hit the nail on the head, man. So I love that, man. I said, if you get, if you help enough people get what they want, you always get what you want. Mm. Right, <laughs> love it, man. And it's that simple. It's really that simple, man. So now let's let's, let's go into the crypto space, let's man. It's it. a lot happening with crypto. You know, numbers are down right now. A lot of people see it as a buying opportunity. A lot of people are screaming because they're in the red right now because they bought Ethereum yeah. at four thousand. Yeah. You know, so what's your thoughts? Where do you think it's heading? Do you, how do you, and also how do you read the market too? You know what I'm saying? I, I want to talk, uh, highlight that part because a lot of people don't even understand how to read the graphs or how yeah. to read the numbers or what they mean. So let's dive into it. crypto. Definitely crypto. So crypto space uh, is an amazing space. It is, it, it's, it's not our future, it's our now. Mm. Uh, Right now, if you if you ask me uh, again, my disclaimer: I am not a financial advisor. I, you know, all of this is just opinions, just so we know. Um, when you look at it, like I said, it is a, it, right now. Everything's on sale. Mm -hmm. Everything's on sale, and for a lot of individuals, you should be excited right now. And this goes back to the education. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Most people buy things on the hype. Right now is the perfect time to buy. You're getting another opportunity to get into crypto at that baby phase. It's giving you another opportunity. Right now, the market movers, what they're doing is they're playing on the fact of people, they're not literate. What, what's a market mover? Market mover, these are your, these are your, what we call the will. So these are your, these are your, your, the big hedge funds. These are the big companies that's buying, you know, a hundred, a uh, hundred thousand bitcoins. These are like your, your billionaires, your, 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 your big institutions. 
they push the price down, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. push the price down to scare everybody, get everybody else, so that they can go in and capture everything. Mm-hmm. So right now, the average person is running. They're like, "Oh my God, I'm, I'm down fifty percent. I'm down this." It's like, it's okay. It's part of this. It's not always. It's not always going to go up, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you always diversify your portfolio. That's why it's important to never put your eggs in one basket. Right. And I tell people a lot of times with crypto, I say, listen, when you're investing, um, you have to understand it's similar to uh, it's educated gambling. That's really what investing is. It's educated gambling. Mm-hmm. There is a uh, a lot of people investing and they forget the fact that investing, you can't be emotional with money. Mm-hmm. Right. When right. I'm going into something, guess what I know? Back in my mind, I'm like, I can lose it. Yeah. And I'm investing because guess what? I know that I've diversified myself to where if I lose it, it doesn't affect me. Okay. Most people are trying to hit the lotto. You're right. not investing. You're, <laughs> you're gambling. Not, you're gambling. Yeah. You got to under, and that's where people, a lot of people are. But right now, you definitely want to buy because right now, Ethereum, um, it's like right above a thousand dollars. It's perfect time to buy. Cause even you got to think about it. There's something called dollar cost averaging, mm-hmm. right? Where what you could do is, let's say you bought at 3000 Let's say you bought, I don't know, 10 Ethereum at 3000 Now you go buy 10 Ethereum at 1000 your dollar cost average now drops to 2000 because why? If I got 10 at 3000 I got 10 at 1000 If I find the median price, I'm at $2,000 now. Mm-hmm. So now my overall portfolio, once it breaks 2000 I'm in a great space because mm-hmm. that's my average, right? That's where that's where my dollar cost average becomes now. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I, the biggest gem I tell people is we're really big on school, but you have to get in the education of skill sets. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're so big, like we push school, 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 school. Um, and a lot of people probably won't like me for saying this, but like, if you look at school, it is the biggest scam we've ever had. It's the biggest scam we've ever seen because we constantly are telling people or teaching kids to actually go do this. And we see that it doesn't work. Right. We see that it's leading us to debt. We see that these things, but we'll look at individuals um, in the space of entrepreneurship and things like that about, oh, they're trying to scam me. No, they actually have the results. A lot of the entrepreneurs I've seen that walked out of college, they all say the same thing. I walked in my business class. I asked my teacher, what business do they own? They didn't own a business. How can you teach me about business then? You've never made payroll. How can you teach me about business? Right. You're going to teach me something out of a book for me to go work for somebody. Right. If you're an attorney, you need school. If you're a doctor, you need school. If you're an engineer, you need school. Mm-hmm. Those are things that, guess what? If that's your career path, you need school. There's tech. No, it's a technical route for that. Right. But for the mass majority, they're not all going to do that. Mm-hmm. You need to go learn a skill set. Mm-hmm. Money is an actual skill set that you have to go learn about. How do you go learn it? You go learn from individuals who understand, like you said, understand how to read the market, understand these things so that you can actually learn these skill sets versus learning when Christopher Columbus discovered or stole America. Mm-hmm. It's never helped me. Right. I'm not going on any game show anytime soon to answer right. that question. <laughs> right? right? But guess what? Taking my money and investing in a course that's going to now teach me to understand the market that runs money is kind of valuable. Exactly. For me to be able to look at a chart, you know, a candlestick chart and go, oh, okay, great. The market's in a downtrend right now. The market's in an uptrend right now. These are things, and, and again, these things may sound foreign, but I'm saying it this way to make you understand you got to go and invest in the right education. Mm. Right. And we got to stop pushing the envelope of this same cookie cutter thing because we see it doesn't work. Mm. We constantly see it doesn't work. Me being a father, um, I got two beautiful boys. Uh, you know, I'm very unorthodox in how my kids are, are, are raised. And it's crazy. I was just having a conversation because 
um, during the pandemic, um, you know, obviously we're all at home and everything was done via Zoom. But um, my my oldest son will be four next week. Uh, he's turning four next week, and then I have a one year old. Uh, but it's crazy because my four year old, everything is a business deal. Mm. Everything's a business deal, and I love it. Like son, I love it <laughs> because he does it to me, mm. and I'm like, you you, you get it. There's times where I've, I've, I've come home and he's sitting in the computer at the computer and he's he's mimicking what he's seen me do, what I'm doing, you know, zooms and things like that. But he like it, it, it it's very unorthodox for him, and I get it now because guess what? Household I was raised in didn't look like that, mm. so I had to make a decision to do that. Right. But now I know that guess what? He gets molded that way. So now it's okay, Dad. If I drink this water, can we go to Target and buy a toy? Mm. It's all leverage. Yeah. Hey, if I if, if if I do this, can I have some candy? Or you know, can we do this? Everything. I love it because he doesn't even realize what he's actually doing. I watch what he does to my younger son. Mm. If he wants a toy, my younger son is playing with. He'll go get something else and convince my my youngest son. You don't want to play with that. You want to play with this so that he can get that. Mm. He's already he's already starting to get it. And all of these things again. It's it. These are the things that we don't like. We 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 don't really get because a lot of times growing up, um, if you weren't privy to this information, mm-hmm. you don't know it. You have to figure it out. You have to make that decision. Right. And a lot of the things that actually guide you that way, we frown upon them. Mm-hmm. Right? We really frown upon them, and that's where I try to just tell people, I'm like, be more open to it. You you, you never know what it could actually do for you. When it's you not, say these things that we frown upon, what do you mean? Just to kind of man. Uh, for one, life insurance, and, I, and I'm speaking. I'm speaking specifically to the, you know the, the African American and Black community. We frown upon those things in our community. Um, personal development. Um, I think that's something that that's very frowned upon. Uh, even like the the like like uh, the positivity of it mm-hmm. makes a lot of people uncomfortable because that's that's not normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not normal to be that like that that positive all the time or look at. The positive situations that are focused on the negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, network marketing, I would say, is something. And, and honestly, people don't realize network marketing actually has created more millionaires than it's created more millionaires than any other industry outside of sports. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Love it. Yeah. Outside of sports, it's created more millionaires mm-hmm. than anything because an average person can win. Right. And people don't realize it's it's. These basic things that 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 they're out there for us, we we don't look at them because we're more focused on um, the negatives. I hate to say it, uh, and and not just um, a friend of mine always says, "Eat eat the meat, eat the meat and spit out the bones." Mm, okay. Right? Eat the meat and spit out the bones, and it's like we 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 there's there's so many people that have like this knowledge, but you're worried about what's going on in their personal life. Hmm. Right. It's like, I don't, that's not, that has nothing to do with this. You can teach me something here. Right. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Exactly. They're, they're more worried about that. I'm like, I don't, I don't care about that. Just teach me this. Exactly. Because that's, that's what I need. I don't need to know who you're dating or who, you know, and these are the things that, that, that really get, you know, frowned upon. Um, and it, and it, and it's crazy, but, you know, nobody listens to you until you succeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, like, I was talking to a friend of mine. We kind of had a little debate. Like he was like, "Well, what can I learn from a homeless man?" And I'm like, "Well, you don't know what he's been through or what he's learned that can teach you." I mean, but I understand his situation in and out. But you can't look at him like you can't teach me nothing 
because you don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what that man been through. But I get it though. You know, some people to a certain extent, that's how they think. They're like, well, if you ain't got it, how you gonna tell me how to get it? So I, I understand, man. Experience is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. Yeah. Experience is the best teacher. And mm-hmm. like you said, you can learn from, you can, I learn from my kids. Mm-hmm. I learn from my kids. Right. You can learn from anyone. There's a lesson in everything that's constantly happening. Um, just last night, we were, uh, we were, you know how you have little card games when you're hanging out with friends? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the cards asked about regrets. Okay. Like, what are, what are, what are, you know, what are some regrets? And I realized I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. Every decision, everything that's happened has molded me for who I am today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't willing to accept it. Mm. A lot of people aren't willing to bite the bullet and say the reason that I'm in the position that I'm in today is because of me. It's no, I'm here because of this. I'm here because of that. Guess what? Even me, I could blame. I could blame that God, right? Mm-hmm. But I had to start realizing because it was a point where I did blame. Him. I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. I had to realize. No, no, the guy who gave me the the, the advice to go file bankruptcy it was a choice. Right. He just advised me. Mm-hmm. I could have went and got advice from multiple people mm-hmm. and then made a decision based on that. Mm-hmm. So it was really my choice to follow what they said. Right. So ultimately, I can't have a regret because mm-hmm. that's what built me to be this person. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and again, all I can do is move forward and teach somebody else to learn from different things that I've learned from. Yeah. And just try to be a blessing to somebody else. Love it. Love it, man. So when you're not blessing other people and you're not working and you're not on these stages, man, spreading the good word, what's the work-life balance like, man? What are you doing to relax? What are you doing to chill and really, you know, and, and just decompress from all the noise? Uh, basketball. Basketball is a big key. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still that's still my first love. Uh, so I'm constantly, um, I play basketball at least three, four times a week, mm-hmm. um, if not more. Uh, so that's that's decompressing, you know. Time with my boys, man. That's that's always a that's always a big thing. Uh, working out, uh, you know, working shout out. Shout out to Red Brown. Yeah, shout out to Red, but guy in the yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, working out, um, traveling. But you know what's so funny, man? I I, I realized that um, when you love what you do, you really don't work, mm. right? So right. I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily really do too much like decompressing because I love what I do. Mm. I was just having, I, it's funny, I just had a conversation with somebody out they were, they were asking me, um, they were asking me like about, like it was like a goal or something. I was like, yeah, you know, you obviously got goals. Oh, I want to hit a hundred million. I want to hit uh, half a half a billion, things like that. I said, but honestly, I'm living out one of my biggest goals and that's every day I wake up and I live life on my terms. If I wake up today and decide to say, I don't want to do anything. Mm. I have that choice, mm. right? If I woke up and say, yo, I want to take a vacation, I have that choice. Whatever it is, as long as I'm able to dictate what every day of my life looks like, mm-hmm. that was my that was my biggest goal. And I've positioned myself to where, and that's where it looks. Now, are there material things or things that, you know, that I'm still grinding for so that I can have? Of course, but ultimately, it's living life on my own terms. That's always that I realized that was my piece for me to be able to really have this in. Mm. And, and, you know, and I think that everybody should find what that thing is and it not necessarily just be material things or just be money that you're chasing. But what is the, really that Zen for you to where you can get in that, that, that space of, you know, of really just this peace. Mm. And that's, that's the, that's the biggest thing for me, man. And, and, and you know, 
waking up and seeing my boys every day. That that really is my only decompression I need. I wake up, they healthy. I ain't got no complaints, man. Yeah. I ain't got not one complaint in life. Love it, man. What's the ultimate goal? Ultimate goal, impact a billion people. Okay. That's big. Impact a billion people, man. Mm-hmm. Impact a billion people. That's my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. My ultimate goal is just get out there and impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it starts starts a person at a time, man. It starts with the community. Um, you know, help help giving back and uh, you know, in little small increments, showing up guys. But that's it, that's it. Impact. Love it, man. Well, you definitely impact me today, man. I want to thank you for coming on, man. Oh, man this I appreciate is, uh, you, bro. Whoo, this is this is good. We got some heat right here, man. I can't wait to chop this up and put out these promo clips, man. People are gonna prepare to get inspired, man. Let the people know where they can connect with you, where they can follow you, where they can do business with you, how they can do business with you, man. Okay. Let them know, bro. Definitely uh IG at Mr. Mr. Bo Bennett. That's B O B E N N E T T. I do got a bunch of fake pages, so please make sure it's that. Um, that that means he made it. <laughs> you get the fake pages, you made. Listen, the fake pages are hey, they're very consistent. It's funny, but yeah, um, that's my that's my Instagram. Uh, you can hit me on there. I'm very active on there. Um, I'm not. I never put myself in a box. So doing business, man. Um, I'm always. I, I have a plethora of relationships. Um, I'm always just trying to be. Uh, someone of value to whoever, some someone of value to whoever I come across with. So definitely, let's connect. Let's figure out how we can make something happen. Um, always open to doing business on, on multiple levels. Uh, always willing to do uh, classes, things like that. Um, and just look out, look out. We got we got a few things in the works that I'm not gonna necessarily speak on right now, but in the works. If you follow at Mr. Dabo Bennett, you will definitely see those things. They coming for you. Um, about to impact a lot of people, gonna help a lot of families really get on this generational wealth path and, and really see that you can honestly believe in anything that you want and actually make it happen. It's just it's a choice. That's it. Oh man. Bars, man. Yo, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaire, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, my man, Bo Bennett. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching. Like and subscribe to the channel. Go get you some Sleep is for Billionaire merch, and we out of here. Let's go. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billion every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billion every week. I ain't gonna be a friend. I just can't handle business. Had too many dreams.